0: Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to The Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike and Doppel here, joined by my man, my partner, Haven Harrington. Haven, how's it going today? What's going on, Mike? We got uh, just a couple days before Christmas. You got big holiday plans coming up? Uh, no. No?
1: I, you know, this year, I'm, I'm keeping it simple. I am keeping it simple. Just All right. Family... The tree, uh, I, some fire, some some uh, logs on a fire.
0: Yeah, all right. Yeah, you know, Christmas can be so daunting, just trying to appease everybody that you got to appease. Like, so you know, I got a pretty big family. My wife's got a pretty big family, and uh, we got the two little ones. So we just we just said, hey, we'll do one thing with each family, and then we're gonna try to enjoy that day with us as much as possible because it can get out of control trying to go to. Every little stop that you feel like you're obligated to go to. You know, it's just, it's tough. So, but I'm excited about it. It's always good with the little kids to have Christmas. And,
1: you know, I have a five year old. So, you know, Christmas is always fun now because she runs downstairs beyond excited to, to tear in her packages and throw everything up.
0: Do you, uh, do you all do the elf on the shelf? Uh, no. All right, good. Don't start the elf on the shelf.
1: <clears throat> no, I do not do the elf. You know, I'm still trying to figure out the whole elf on the shelf phenomenon because it looks kind of creepy.
0: Well, we don't, uh, our elf that visits our house is not the elf that's bought in the store because, you know, he's magical. We're not the, you know, we're not falling. It's a little bit different elf that comes, but yeah, the, the elf that's sold in the stores is it's creepy creepy looking. He's
1: like a creepy looking guy. You know, child
0: molester looking
1: kind of I'm, I'm glad you said not me because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. He has his little lace cross, a little pervy look in his eye.
0: But I, I do enjoy the. Uh, I don't know if you see him on Facebook. I do enjoy all the different antics that people's elves are up to. That some of the adults have a good time with it, and you know, uh, there's Lamar the Elf on Facebook. If you ever want a good laugh, to follow, uh, he's he's pretty entertaining. He's got a little bit of a drug problem and chasing Barbie. So, <laughs> but it's always fun, always fun. Well, we got a we got an exciting couple of weeks here. Uh, I think there's a basketball game next weekend. That's could get some people riled up around here. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a, a, a small game that I think people may be looking forward to. I know I'm looking forward to it only because I want to see what team is going to show up
0: for both schools.
1: Yeah, for for both schools, I want to see what team is going to show up and, and what and what is each team made of. Like you don't know what U of can do because they haven't played anybody except for North Carolina, and that's it. So it's hard to get a good gauge on what this Louisville team is. Well, Kentucky's
0: look, best. Quality win is probably Providence or Boise State, so it's not like they've got anybody that they've played that's decent. They've dropped, but they you play know. decent
1: teams. Just they have. They, they just haven't beaten the decent teams.
0: Right. Yeah, they have, and that and that's true with loyal Not only that, but Loyal besides the the little Thanksgiving tournament that they were in, really hasn't played outside the M Center until today, when they go down to Miami to take on Ford International, which of course. Served so two purposes for Louisville. I'm sure Rick wanted to schedule this game before going into Rupp, so they had a true road game before. But this was really supposed to help out Richard's program. Of course, Richard's no longer there, but uh, you know, Port International is not very good. I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to cause they're going to cause Louisville too much trouble today. They shouldn't. No, uh, Chris Jones is back and healthy, and uh, should be playing today. And uh, you know they. They're going to go down to Miami, catch some sun, and uh, hopefully come back with a win for the Cardinals today. And then uh, Kentucky's got their last tune up, and they got a a, a possible trap game. They're playing Belmont, who beat North Carolina. You know, this is like the most interesting
1: college basketball season ever because all the top teams, all all the teams that that you would predict to make it to the tournament to probably be in Elite Eight, have all serious flaws and bad losses. Yes. Almost every team in the top 10 has those two things. So there's like this year there's not one dominant team, one team that you can look to and say, hey, these guys are going to kill it. It It's just not there. It's just, you know, everybody has like bad losses. Like Duke was like one of my perennial favorites to win it all. You know, they have a couple of suspect losses.
0: Um, They, They all have losses. I mean, I think Duke's losses. Um, I'm trying to remember who they're against. They weren't bad teams. Uh, they lost to Kansas, obviously, which Kansas is having an up and down kind of similar season. In Kentucky with all the young kids that they've got, um, and then their second loss was to. It's not to the Michigan. They pulled that one out. Let's see, we'll pull it up. But the the thing that's amazing to me is how quickly everyone's kind of ra- risen through the rankings because you don't usually see that much. Fluctuation in the rankings this early in the year I mean you've got uh, a Syracuse Team that I think started off around 9 That's number 2 in the country right now Uh, Wisconsin's all the way up to number 4 Mainly just because they're undefeated But uh, and then you know Connecticut And Villanova coming out out of nowhere To to get into the top 10 And then yes you do have a 2 lost Duke team Who uh, has dropped a couple Games that they didn't think they were going to drop Early and it it amazes me about Duke That they uh, They lost Arizona, Arizona's a A beast, so that's not a bad loss at all. Arizona is number one right now. It amazes me that Duke kind of gets a free pass, and all this talk about the young superstars. It doesn't seem like when they talk about Kentucky having the young talent, that they are you know, oh, it's just the young talent getting used to it. Uh, Kansas gets the same. Kansas gets the same talk that Kentucky does right now because it's you know they're playing more freshmen than Duke, but Duke still their best player is still a freshman.
1: That's because Duke gets a pass on everything. Well, that's true. I mean, Duke literally gets a pass. I mean, you could walk right now into like Duke's basketball stadium or or practice facilities. There could be interns passing out copies for like the next five (laughs) tests, all signed with like different names and written with somebody's left hand, uh, bags of money just stacked up in front of each player. And I can guarantee you, the NCAA will look at it and be like, nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. Carry on. I'm glad you said that and I didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> Like Star Wars <laughs> with,
0: the, with the Jedi. Nothing to see here. Carry on. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for.
1: That's right. So, I mean, Coach K ha- ha- has the Jedi mind trick down like Pat.
0: The big news in college basketball really that hit last night was that P.J. Harrison will not return for North Carolina. And I always thought North Carolina was one of those teams that kind of got that same free pass. And it looks like they're not going to fight it to to try to reinstate PJ Harrison and uh, it's kind of eerily similar to the Kevin Ware situation you know obviously they found out that that car was his you know uh, the buddy of Kevin Ware's and it's no big deal but the guy got caught speeding 30 miles an hour over uh the speed limit in a car he didn't own ended up being rented by a booster and it looks like uh PJ Harrison's going to lose the remainder of his eligibility and not be able to play this year for Carolina. They haven't missed him much. I mean, they still are uh, doing pretty well without him despite those two questionable losses they have. The thing that amazes me is that you can look at P.J. Harrison, what he did, and I never thought Kevin Ware was going to lose his eligibility, but I think, it's, I think this situation at least warrants the media looking into the Kevin Ware situation they did. But I look more at like, okay, well, Johnny Manziel got suspended for a half, and basically, it's hard to say that he did not receive some sort of benefit for signing those autographs. Of course I can't, he did. Listen, he's not signing 1,500 autographs out of the goodness of his heart. I mean. No. <laughs> not this kid with this kind of past. With his past. And so, and PJ Harrison borrows a, a rented car from a booster, and he's done. Well, you know,
1: see, the problem is he brought, he brought a rented car, and that's just... That's, that's just too shaky. I mean, it, is like, shaky. it is shaky. I'm not and, and, saying and, and it's the not. Pro- and the problem is, is that you just can't like explain that away easily. You know, like with, with Kevin Ware, you can easily explain that away. Ah, it's his friend's car. The friend was in the car. No big deal. Every college kid brawls somebody's friend's car. But you can't say, ah, it's a rented car. Every college kid brawls the boosters' rented car. It always now, happens.
0: I don't know how many college kids I would let drive my thirty-five thousand brand new Dodge Charger, but. And especially to take it outside the county. But, you know, I don't know. And, and at the same time, listen, I, again, I'm not trying to... But you can say it. You can say it. You can say that people borrow cars, uh, you know, I guess for sure. And I guess um, I guess it's kind of funny to me, the Kevin Ware situation kind of bridges the two because of the connections that the guy who he brought the car from had to the other guy who was setting up all the autograph sessions for Peyton Siva and Gorgie Zhang. So... I, I'm not trying to kick up old dust. I don't think there was anything to the Kevin Weir situation. It's just the, how all three situations are looked at differently. It's pretty amazing to me.
1: Well, you know, you have to understand, too, North Carolina you know, has also been hit before. It's like a football team. Like when Butch Jones was there, there was like a big cheating scandal uh, with the whole book buying thing. Almost the entire football team got caught cheating with tests and things of that nature. So in North Carolina, this is just kind of being. It's kind of building up. It's starting the football side. Now it's kind of bleeding over to basketball.
0: They had the academic fraud allegations a little while ago.
1: Yeah. And once once people start looking and these stories come out and then another story comes out, you know, it's just like, you know, journalists almost like sharks and they see the blood in the water. You know, and that that whole Butch Jones cheating, Miami style. That's where I learned it from. Yeah. you, Miami style. And her
0: bringing that stuff to Louisville. Let's go.
1: Yeah, that's right. Hey, you know what? If you ain't cheating, he ain't trying. That's SEC's motto: "If you ain't cheating, he ain't trying."
0: <laughs> All right, no. And then, uh, speaking of UFL football, we got a little interesting tweet last night from Teddy Bridgewater. Did you see that?
1: No, I, I did not see it.
0: Teddy Bridgewater uh, basically comes out with a tweet, and I'm not—I don't have it verbatim in front of me, but basically, like saying, "I've sacrificed a lot of personal accolades for everyone else, and it's now it's my time." And that's basically what we said. And, of course, he walks across the stage and gets his diploma. and He graduates. Congratulations to him. I mean, that's incredible to, to graduate in three years. And uh, to, I mean, he's, it's, he's done a great job. He's just a great representative for the university. So I read two things in that tweet, though. A, I think he feels, and especially now that we had a Heisman vote where he didn't even crack the top ten, he feels like he kind of sacrificed his chances at those kind of player of the year awards for what his coach's staff wanted and what is what I guess they thought the team needed. And, you know, when he says it's my time, I mean that can only really mean one thing. It doesn't mean it's his time to come back. I mean he's it's
1: time to go to the bank and, and cash that to. Mars
0: check. He needs he needs to go. I get really frustrated about the media speculation over the last week of of oh he might come back and no, oh he should come no, back. If, I, if I'm a U of L fan, I want him to go. I don't want him to come back. I, there's no selfish part of me wanting him to come back because it can only end up bad. There's no good that can come out of him coming. Well, back. You,
1: you know what? I'm not going to say that. You know, th- there is some good. Is he going to improve his draft back. Draft stock? No, you can't because he's he's. I mean, he's pre- he's predicted to be the number one quarterback taken, so you can't get any higher than that. Unless he's going to be the number one pick overall right now. But he still he's, might be. He still might be. He still might be the number one pick overall. He I mean, can't improve his draft stock, but you know, for a competitor like Teddy to come back playing the ACC, knowing you're going to play Notre Dame next year in South Bend, knowing that Florida State's coming, Clemson's coming, you know, you have that that schedule that you know every top-flight college football player, especially top-flight quarterback, wants to play against. You know, because he played against all these guys in high school at Miami that are now at Florida State. You know, he beat them already in Florida. He's going to have a chance uh, the 28th to beat Miami and all the guys he went to high school with. And then but there's Florida State. Then you can do it in a conference and possibly, you know, if, if things break your way and if you can beat Florida State, you can beat Clemson. You have, now you have a legitimate claim to a national championship. And you know that your entire team, minus maybe one or two people, are coming back.
0: You also got the whole – Possibility that making you look incredibly silly.
1: Yes, you have that too.
0: Yeah, and you know you're gonna get over-evaluated and picked apart if you come back. Yes, you will. So and but if you're
1: confident in your abilities and you know the type of quarterback you are, and you know what type of team you have, you may want to take that risk because you know that you're getting all your wide receivers back, all your running backs are coming back, all your um offensive linemen are coming back. Almost your entire defense is coming back on, on a pretty good defensive unit. I mean, so there's
0: still guys those some of those juniors that might end up jumping ship too.
1: Yeah, there's, Yeah, there's, I know it's one junior for sure that's jumping ship.
0: But you gonna make an announcement for us or
1: no, I'm Calvin Pryor, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he has to go. He has yeah. to go. Uh, but you know, with with all that coming back, knowing that the ACC is is, is a great conference. But it's a very beatable conference. It is. It's a very, very beatable conference. You know Notre Dame is a very beatable team, and Notre Dame's offense plays perfectly in how Louisville's defense plays. And you know with, with your skill positions, if you guys get a little more aggressive on offense with a little more aggressive with the offensive play calling, you know, you can go to South Bend, and you can probably, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can take down Notre Dame. You could take down a maybe a Clemson.
0: The only real benefit that it, Though is that you're going to be on national television a lot. Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean it's, and so, but he can't improve the draft stock. He can't really accomplish the 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 reality of them winning a national championship with that schedule next year is, in some ways, increased because if you do go undefeated, you will get the number one ranking. But in likelihood of them going undefeated is is diminished. Neal. I mean it's, yeah. it's 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 so small. I mean I really expect for like an eight and four season next year for Louisville, I think that would be a very good season.
1: I agree. Eight and four, seven and five would be a very good season for, for Louisville. But, you know, I, I think that's what, what Teddy's thinking about. But honestly, you know, a part of me would, like, would love to see him come back just to see what he can do in the ACC. But 90% of me is like, dude, you, were, you and your mom are living in your car like four years, like four right. or five years you
0: ago. You need the money. Go. Yeah. Well, we're going to take our first break. If you want to join in the conversation – Call us on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line 384-1450. We want to have a very interactive show today, get everybody in, uh, involved, and we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. I love
2: you. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Happiness.
0: All right, sports fans, welcome back. Mike and here with Haven Harrington on the weekend sports buzz. Uh, brought to you by Brandon Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Also, real quick, if uh, you need some help with some last minute holiday shopping this year, visit LivingForLess.org for up to seventy five percent off gift certificates for great to great restaurants like Roosters, Penn Station, Shane's Rib Shack, Boss Pizza Bistro, Forty Two, Joe's OK by You, and many more. Living for Less even has great deals from the Comedy Caravan and Aztec Limousine Service. Have you ever been in the Comedy Caravan? Yes, I have. Love it. I actually got to go for the first time about, a, I don't know, about a month and a half ago. One of my former students was uh, on America's Got Talent okay. as a comedian, and he uh, came back and did a show in Louisville. So, it was, How uh, was it? It was pretty awesome. The kid was like, in high school, he was like the most awkward, quiet kid out there. And that's kind of a spiel. You know, he plays up the nerd awkwardness kind of mm-hmm. thing. And he just does a really good job with it. And he's pretty funny. And uh, just, you know, if you ever get a chance to go see Jacob Williams, I'd highly <laughs> recommend it. All so right. we are going to go to the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line because I think Frank wants to talk a little bit more about should Teddy leave early or not. Frank, what do you think?
3: Um, I think that the purpose of going to school is getting your degree. He's done that. Um... I think that the only thing that's going to happen to him is he can add ditches to his resume, uh, especially with that offensive coordinator and that offensive line. I mean, he's just going to get killed. Uh, the last time a borderline offensive line went against the uh, ACC, which was North Carolina State, Kenny got murdered out there. I don't, I don't see any benefits of him coming back
0: at all. And you've you got to remember that offensive line won three all-conference awards this year. <laughs> and there you go.
3: Yeah, in the AAC. <laughs> come on, man. That's Trinity High School. Uh, it come was on, terrible. Let's be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. That, well, that we're was talking a... about a, a, a conference that could, Trinity could probably win five games. I that's... mean, we're, not, we're talking about the ACC. We both agree ACC is much better than the AAC, which means they have better athletes. So do you think those same guys – with Brendel same award in the
0: ACC. Well, I'm mean, absolutely not. I mean that that was a tongue in cheek comment. Thank I mean you. I just don't even know oh, how. Okay,
3: I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I don't oh, even oh, know. God. I don't even know how they got three offensive linemen on the AAC All Conference. I mean to me that just shows how bad. Well, no, it's not really
1: no. Louisville had a couple of good offensive linemen. Like Jamon Brown uh, had had a pretty good year this year. Uh, Jake Smith, the center, had a pretty good year
0: as a as a unit.
1: When as a unit, they, yes, they, that's right. Yeah, as a unit, they they have flashes of greatness. I'll say that they had flashes of greatness, and so, then flashes of not so greatness.
0: Frank, I, but I totally agree with you. I mean, I just I don't see the benefit of come back. And I'll go even further. You said the benefit was to get a degree. The benefit is to prepare you for what you're going to do as a professional of, of college. The purpose is to prepare you to be a professional. He's prepared. It, he's prepared, and he can't. Be any higher higher rank than he's going to be uh, to be to go into the professional ranks.
1: You know, against a pretty good quarterback class. Yes, you know, I mean this is not a well, thin quarterback class he's he's up against.
3: AJ
0: McCarron, people like that. Go ahead, Frank.
3: Well, you, well, just one thing, uh, gentlemen. As we both know I'm in my 40s, you're in your 30s. And one thing that boxers understand that you have a punch count. There's only so many punches you can take in life as a as a person. Uh, look at all these uh, people coming down with a concussion, after because concussion. After you get one concussion, you can't, you know, if you're to get more concussions, I have a friend whose daughter, and this is what really kills me, they always talk about concussions in football, but not other sports. My friend's daughter just had her fifth concussion as a soccer player as a sophomore in high school. Wow. So you only have so many hits. He yeah. needs to go. Uh, it's, I hate soccer, but my cousins, my nephews play soccer. You would not believe how many times I've seen kids get concussions on the soccer field. It's just incredible. Those balls are pretty darn hard, and they when they get when they get tackled, it's usually from the back, and their head snap back. So it's you only have so many hits, And I think that if you're going to take so many hits, I think you should get you should get paid for them. I just think
0: you do. Yeah, you got to get the money when you can. I mean, I, there's there's no question. And That's again, I, if if I'm a loyal fan, I want him to go because I want. I want to have a player in the NFL that you know, you've got a couple of defense guys and you got some other offense guys that done all right, but you want the one guy that you can say, Hey, he went to our school and it can that could be a huge impact for your recruiting class. You know, if
3: you put a guy like that in um, pros. But, I, I tell you the biggest selling point below, I live in Columbus, Ohio. Oh I'm as sorry. As soon as a guy can almost, Yeah, great. As <laughs> soon as a guy can almost go pro, they <laughs> leave Columbus immediately. But even if you notice, I mean Gordy J had the opportunity to go First round, he tried his best to come back to Louisville. It just says so much about our city that guys will turn down millions to stay and make absolutely nothing. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to thank George for that. I'd like to thank our mayor. More than anything, I'd like to thank the good people of Kentucky. I mean, we just have something so great. You never understand what you lose or what you have until you finally leave it. And uh, I love your show, guys. Your show is a lot. I'll say this. The morning shows in Louisville during the week are terrible. Your show is great. Uh, the afternoon shows are really good and I think that radio and Louisville is improving, improving, improving so keep up the good work. Well keep
0: calling in Frank I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for the compliment Happy Holidays. Well and here's the thing about that I want to mention about this Ted Bridgewater thing too. All of a sudden I'm hearing on radio shows this week from radio personalities that you know when somebody brings up that Brian Brom should have gone after his junior year, all of a sudden Brian Brom had serious flaws in his game that you know anyone could have seen that he wasn't ready for the pros. Now, I don't know about you, but after that junior year that Brian Brom had, he's in for sure top 15 pick. I mean, he's projected to be that high of a of the top 15 pick. The, the kid coming back, it was the worst thing that possibly could've, he could have possibly done.
1: He got uh, He
0: By far. I mean, and not only that, he got exposed for what, you know, because he, you know, he does have some flaws. I mean, the flaws. The flaws comment is legitimate, But you can't all of a sudden say he has flaws in hindsight and say Teddy Bridgewater is head and shoulders above Brian Brom where he was back then because, you know, listen, Brian Brom, after that Orange Bowl win as a junior, basically hung the moon in the city of Louisville. And he just decided to come back because he was chasing that national championship and maybe a Heisman Trophy, I don't know, and it didn't work out so well. And it cost him millions of dollars
1: tens of millions of dollars. And not only did it cost him millions of dollars, but look at the trajectory of his NFL career by being drafted in the third round with Matt Flynn.
0: Well, Exactly. Well, not only that, because if you go in the first round, just as you know, as after junior year, you're going to get more chances to try to stick.
1: Yeah, you're going to get at least three years at whatever team coaches you. Another team would give you the benefit of the doubt. So you can stick around the league at least five to six years, which is the magical number, because after you get, I believe, like four and a half to five years, so that the pension kicks in. That's when the pension kicks in. So, see, that's the magical spot. That's that's the magical number. Every guy who gets drafted tries to get. It's that four and a half. I think it's like four and a half, like uh, like eight games or something like that that you have to get in order to get your pension. You know, Brom he got bounced around. You know, he went to uh, he flamed out at uh, at Green Bay. He got beat out by Matt Flynn. Uh, Dropped out of football for a little bit. Came right back in when I believe him to the Buffalo Bills.
0: He did go for the Buffalo Bills for a little bit.
1: For a little bit, uh, played in a the couple CFL of games. now. Yes, I think it's a backup in the CFL. Whew. He was a backup in, in the UFL before they
0: folded. And that, so I mean, that to me is the is the bigger argument than you know anything else. Is that if you go in the first round, you're almost guaranteed to get at least the four years. Or five years just to see if you can really make it. You know, like I mean, think about all the bad first-round quarterbacks that stuck around a lot longer than they should.
1: You know, Teddy has done all he could do. He will go down as being the greatest quarterback in, in Cardinal football history that, that has played college football here at U of L. I know we have John Unitas. But let's be yeah, honest. He wasn't a great college quarterback. He yeah. was a horrible college quarterback, but a great pro. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at the long list of great Cardinal quarterbacks, Redmond, Ragone, LaFleur's, you know, he's right up there with them. And in a lot of ways, he is better than those guys. So, it's, you know, you have to go. He has a much stronger arm than, than Brom had. He can throw the out pattern. He's elusive. I mean, he's, he's smart. And the biggest thing is, and from from talking NFL scouts at, at, the, at the Louisville games, it's not so much what he can do physically, That the scouts love about him, it's mental. It's it's, it's how smart he is. How he can read defense. It's how he makes the right checks. He's a
0: student of the game. Yeah, I mean, he gets in and he does his work in the film room and all that other stuff. And uh, Brian Brown Brown right now is a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. There you go. After uh, spending 2011 2012 with the Las Vegas Locomotives of the UFL. Yeah, so there. That's where we are right now with Brian Brown. This, uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. Teddy has the intangible part. You know, and of course with Brom, it was like the pedigree that he comes from, and his brother and his dad, and you know, but Teddy does have that; seem to have those intangibles of being able to make the reads, and and that's what it's come down to. I mean, I think the the athletes that get drafted at the quarterback position in the NFL flame out. The Ryan Leafs, the. Uh, who's the the Russell, the kid from the, the LSU went to get the Raiders? Uh, oh yeah, the Jamarcus guys are, Russell. Jamarcus,
1: the guys like four hundred pounds. The guys who are just freaking
0: freaks of nature athletes who can throw the ball eighty yards, flame out. Where the Tom Brady's who can throw inside twenty yards as good as anybody, but can make the intangible reads and can be the student of the game and. Think the quarterback position And have
1: a little capability. That's why that's what all those guys have in common. That's where like Cam Newton's got yeah, that. They have a little capability. Don't have to be able to run per se, but you have to be able to move in a pocket and have that little capability to kind of move up or down and kind of feel the natural pass rush, move it in the pocket, and then make the accurate throw. And, and Teddy can do all those things. And plus, and, plus if we need to. He can run.
0: The, the U of L offensive lineman has uh, helped him prepare to be have a little capability.
1: Now you know what? <laughs> They're not that bad. <laughs> Lewis' offensive lineman is not that bad. Because in the Sugar Bowl, you know, they did kind of stun a very good Florida defensive line.
0: Did Sean Watson cost Teddy a trip to New York? Did Sean Watson cost Teddy the AAC Player of the Year and first-team quarterback?
1: I think – I'm going to say yes. I I will say yes. I I think after the UCF loss –
0: is Sean Watson back next year? Not. A, there's no ch- He's not getting fired. No. Uh, no. Um. Uh, yeah, he. There. There was a lot of talk about him being a potential head coach, head coaching candidate. My, my,
1: you know, Uh. Matter and fact, we're all complaining uh, about him here. As a matter of fact, he. Um. Uh, actually, you know what? He. Um. Uh, he actually, I believe, he interviewed for the Auburn job before Gus Malzahn. Yeah, got, I think I, I remember
0: game. that he did. Yeah. Um, so he that wants to, out all right for Allman, So he wants way. to
1: be a head coach. Desperately wants to be a head coach. I think he will get his shot. I think he will get some interviews at the end of the season, uh, because of the amazing work he has done with Teddy as being his quarterback coach. Um,
0: Does he need to get out before he goes to the ACC and gets exposed? I'm
1: not going to say get exposed, but I I will say that they will have to become more innovative. And I I, I know Charlie wants to run. He's a run-first guy. And there's ways you can run but still be more creative with your runs, i.e., Bobby Petrino. You know, Bobby runs like a lot of people. You know, when you look at Bobby, and when the media thinks about Bobby, they think of a guy who's in a pass-happy, you know, three wide receivers, kind of a power-spread offense. But Bobby runs a, a power running spread offense. I mean, he runs about 60% of the time. Yeah. Now, Bob, Bobby's like a 60, 40 run type of guy.
0: How many times, how many straight national championships does the SEC have? Seven. A ton. They have seven straight. Every single one of those offenses was built around the run first. They were. I mean, I, 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 the run to me is it's, it's not the run, popular.
1: The, the, no, the run is still the foundational football. Even Even in the NFL, that has gone to a pass-happy offense. Even the NFL has gone to a pass-happy offense, but you see teams that can't run the ball, they can't get that third and three, they can't get that third and one, they're not playing Unless really they're well. Unless they're playing
0: Kentucky. Then they can get third and 17 all day long. They can be like 11 <laughs> for 11. So uh, that's uh, you know frustrating Kentucky fan, but very excited because it looks like that recruiting class that Mark Stoops put together is sticking together. Oh, they'll and, stick. And it looks like they might even pick up Matt Elam, which is... Going to be fantastic if that happens. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited as a Kentucky fan, I, and that's the other thing that really just surprises me that you can have a disappointing, loyal season at 11 and one, and I can still be fairly enthusiastic. Although the fan base is kind of split on that, and the Kentucky side being two and ten again.
1: So well, now next year, don't be surprised if Kentucky's win loss record doesn't improve much beyond. I'm four wins, two and ten.
0: I mean, I think that the four is kind of where I wanted to be, and I and I I could see where it's only three.
1: I would say like three to four wins.
0: Yeah, but the year after that, it'd be a they different story. Be, yes, yeah, because that's when his the talent that he's brought in. All of a sudden, they're juniors and sophomores, and then he's got another freshman class in. That's that should be the the difference maker. You know, and
1: another great topic of discussion would be as a Kentucky fan. Okay, and and I know you're a diehard Kentucky.
0: fan. I am. I I only missed one home game this year.
1: There you go. So, would you rather be in all sports in the SEC, or would you rather switch places with Louisville and be in the ACC?
0: Um, you want to get into that more after the break because we are kind of up against it? Let's do that. Okay. It's, uh, we're going to take our second break. Uh, this is Mike Andoffel, Haven Harrington. We'll be right back on the weekend sports bus.
4: I'm Music on You're
2: listening to the Weekend Radio. Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Well, you,
0: Welcome back. Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo Bobby here on a rainy, cloudy, gloomy December the, 21st. It's where the rain-pocalypse. apocalypse. is like, a, I guess we're going to get, like on this side of the river, they're talking like four or five inches of rain. I mean, and crazy. They, I know. They're trying to wash away Indiana, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Noah is out there with his uh, with his ark and getting everything all ready to go for the the rain today. Looks like on uh, Gilligan's
1: on the, about to set sail.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, on the Kentucky side of the river, it looks like we're looking at a, a potential what, like two three inches and uh, but just messy day outside. Warm, but messy.
1: You know, um, before we get into the next topic, I have to give a, a quick PSA, a little public service announcement there for. The great listeners of the weekend sports buzz, yeah, and that is a if you shopped at Target between November twenty seventh <laughs> and December fifteenth, call your bank.
0: Two and, people I know got had got you know emails or saying that they were well part three of it. now three you got nailed
1: yeah I, 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 no, I, I'm they're not sure but they told me to come on into the to the bank and get a new debit card just to be on the safe side. So Well, and
0: I, I'm thinking the same thing. I used our business debit card at Target to buy a snow shovel and some of the salt. Yeah, and then. Uh, we just found out like three days ago that our card was swiped. And, and you know, our card's still in our pocket, but they took the information, and created a card, and someone went to Home Depot in Arizona and Circle K. And so we actually uh, had to do the same thing with the business card, which, uh, you know, luckily we caught it after two charges. Yeah, so,
1: so I just want to let everybody know if you shopped at any Target anywhere in the country between uh, November 27th and December 15th, definitely call your bank and uh, you may want to change your information. And that's how serious this thing is. When they start notifying, us like everybody. Like, yeah. And hey, we need new debit card. I has got a new one like a month ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're stuck without a debit card, like right before Christmas too, which kind of, that's horrible. It sucks. Yeah. Cause I don't believe in credit cards. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't do credit cards at all. Neither so do I. I have a debit card. That's, that's, that's about it. it. Yeah. Um, so you were asking me before the break if I would rather be in the SEC or the ACC as a Kentucky fan. If I want to pull the ultimate if I want to pull the Georgia Tech move and go would through,
1: you Would you pull the Georgia Tech move?
0: Would I pull the Georgia Tech move and the answer is no. Why not? I would not want to be in that basketball league.
1: Why not? Because If you believe in the greatness that is Kentucky basketball. I do believe in the greatness that is Kentucky basketball. All the championships hanging in Rupp Arena right now. It's suicide. Why? Why is it suicide? I mean, Louisville lived in the Big East. They did. Which was possibly the greatest basketball conference. Until now. Ever.
0: I mean, there's next year. Next year, to me, what's going to happen next year is going to kill.
1: Well, the difference is the Big East was was a physical Physical conference. It was a beat 'em up NBA style physical conference. Now you're going to more of a finesse conference, so it's, it's going to have a completely different feel. But you know, if Louisville could join the Big East and then have the best winning percentage from the time they joined to the time the Big East folded, Louisville had easily the best winning percentage by far. Do you think Kentucky, with the pedigree, with the talent,
0: I would love could come
1: in and not in. I mean. And play in the ACC and be competitive.
0: I'd love to have that Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina, and Kentucky series every year. I would, I would like that a lot. Um, I would hate the fact that the ACC tournament would have to leave the sort of north, the state of North Carolina.
1: It, it's going to New York. I, I could tell you right now. Write it down. I said this. Haven Harrington said this. December twenty first, the ACC tournament this, will
0: be in Madison Square Gardens, which kills North Carolina. Because where would Duke have a bigger home court advantage? In in New York or in North Carolina? There you go. I mean, I think going to New York helps Duke so much. It's not even.
1: What? So you got Syracuse?
0: You got Syracuse. You got Pittsburgh? But look, you got, and, and you got to remember, Syracuse is like four hours away from New York City. Okay? But that is their team. Okay? New Jersey, everyone in New Jersey is a Duke fan. Because they got no way else to cheer for. No, they're not cheering for Rutgers. I mean, let's, let's be honest. They're cheering for Duke. So I just, I just think that that would be – it would be interesting to me to, to see how that, the arena was made up that they did. But I'll throw it back on you. If Missouri can win the SEC East, why can't Kentucky?
1: I can tell you why. Because Kentucky, up until they hired Mark Stoops, never put the resources, and was never serious about football. Kentucky used a football program to fund the basketball program and everything else.
0: But that's changing.
1: It's only changing, and I think this goes back to the L uk rivalry and why it's so important. It's only changing, I think, ever since the L rivalry kicked in and then Louisville has, has had a consistently better football program. And now Kentucky has to. Compete, compete.
0: Well, and you and I actually we brought this. I think it was one of our first shows that we did together. We mm-hmm. kind of talked about this topic because I, I think I said that Louisville doesn't win the 2013 national championship if John Calipari doesn't go to Kentucky. That is correct, and and you agreed with that case. It, I got jumped on. I got attacked by Louisville fans, but it refocused. What they were trying to do,
1: refocus with Patino,
0: and then that's, but that was, and I at the same time said, "Hey, listen, Kentucky doesn't make the changes that they're making in football. If Louisville doesn't have the success, I, I agree with that. Uh, I don't think the robbery is going to make it past two or three more years." But and it's because
1: Kentucky will kill it.
0: Uh, I don't, you know what? I don't. I think it's at that point though. Like if you look at Louisville in 2015, and they're playing Auburn on a neutral field, and Kentucky away, and they're left with six home games. That's a big hit on your budget. It's a very
1: big on your budget, but I, Louisville wants to keep that rivalry going. Louisville wants to keep the
0: the that rivalry going, and it's only let's it's only really going to happen if the SEC goes to nine home games.
1: Kentucky wants to desperately drop it because
0: oh, if they go nine home games, they have to drop
1: it. They don't have to drop it, but Kentucky wants to drop it.
0: They got to be able to – because they, they want to schedule vulnerable.
1: yeah because they want to schedule some wins. But see now, my thinking is this, and it's what I think. Man up, don't don't schedule some patsies because you know you can win. You man up, you make your football team competitive enough it doesn't matter who's on your schedule, you beat them
0: well I think and by the way we're going I think they're going to be that point point. the u k and L football is always going to ebb and flow, okay I mean it's always going to have it's ups and it's downs to stay at a high consistent level is
1: I mean but Kentucky doesn't even have to be at a high consistent level Kentucky right. could just stay at the at the current Vanderbilt level, and I think most u k fans will be happy the
0: Rich brooks yeah I, I was happy. I yeah. was happy and going it, to bowl games. It, you know, you want to take the next step yeah. at least once every three, four, maybe once every six years, let's say. But, yeah, I mean, if you can be consistently in bowl games, even if there's less bowl games, and every once in a while take a jump and get into a, a good bowl, finish second in the SEC East, which you know, Florida's down right now, and as, I think as long as Muschamp's there, they're going to be down.
1: You know, see, and here's the thing. this, I think this window would have been great for Kentucky – if they would have hired Stoops like three or four years ago. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Because now Tennessee is down. Um, Florida's down. I mean, all these teams that were traditionally in Kentucky's way of ever doing anything are falling on hard times and are very, very beatable. I mean, even Vanderbilt, which has gotten a lot better, is still very beatable. And I think this would have been like the perfect span, like three or four years Kentucky really could have – made some headway. They're probably going to run into, I honestly believe, the Butch uh, Davis in Tennessee. He had a down year this year, but I think give him time because he's been successful everywhere he's been. Give him time, and I think you know Tennessee next two years is going to be back to not the great Tennessee. Well, they show flashes this yeah. year too because yeah, they,
0: they don't have a lot of talent right there. They right don't,
1: and, and they're not going to be like the Phil Fulmer days of super dominant Tennessee, but they're going to be a, a good Tennessee team. Florida's going to fire a must champ next year. And they'll probably get somebody there. They can with that great recruiting grounds in, in Florida would we'll probably get them back and up. And
0: Louisville fans don't be worried. It's not gonna be Charlie Strong. No. Because they Ch- have to Charlie
1: hire. Charlie is not gonna go to any team in the SEC. Charlie's not leaving Louisville except for maybe one school. It's a school he coached at previously. South Carolina. No. Notre Dame. Yes. If he if he goes anywhere, it'll be if Notre Dame comes calling. That that would be the school I'll be worried about.
0: I think South Carolina would be worried about.
1: I'm mean, worried about South Carolina, and I'll tell you. But the reason why he's not going to Florida, South Carolina,
0: the reason why he's not going to Florida, is because Florida, if they hire the next hire they make, has to be an offensive-minded coach. Yeah,
1: it will be. I look for Bob Petrino maybe to make his way back
0: to Florida. Like, right. I think he's still blackballed. Man, I don't know. I don't. I think he's blackballed for the SEC. I don't think they're they're. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know until
1: losing now. changes a whole lot of things.
0: It does, but I mean, then you've no, got to no, answer to everyone else.
1: Losing badly changes a whole lot of things.
0: But the SEC presidents all went to an agreement so we're not hiring this guy and i think that's what happened
1: you we'll, we'll see we'll see but now but back to uh Kentucky and the uh ACC the basketball now you have to admit your home uh games would be, would be awesome be, would be a trillion times better
0: yeah, but i also don't think like right now that the SEC And uh, in this football year is not you guys
1: actually compete
0: so but right i like going to these football games and going Listen, the, I don't want this to sound the wrong way because the ACC has good football, and they've got some good football teams and all stuff. There's the tradition of all the different SEC football programs, and knowing that that's not our focus to me, it makes it. Uh, and then I don't want to sound like that Kentucky fan either. You I am going to am gonna sound like that. Where listen, I want to be entertained as a Kentucky football fan. Okay, that's that's the bottom line. <laughs> I just want to be entertained. I don't get all like super wrapped up into the wins and losses and all that kind of stuff. I, you, but from my that's background... Cause,
1: that's caused that you to wins and losses.
0: No, I really feel like, it, you know, you're a football guy and I'm a basketball guy, yeah. okay? I can't watch a basketball game. And, it, and I can't enjoy a basketball game. I'm always watching a basketball game through a coach's eyes, okay? So it's not like you can get there and get all kind of excited and riled up and you're always... like. You, you learn to watch film one way, and you just—that's how you watch the game,
1: and it sticks with you.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about because you exactly. watch football that way. Because you know, you and I were sitting in the UK Missouri game, and I was just amazed at the stuff that you pick up, and you were teaching me all this stuff. And uh, you know, football—I can sit there and just kind of get wrapped up in the game and enjoy the experience and and all that kind of stuff. And to me, to have those traditional powerhouses come through Lexington, and and we're kind of a part of that. You know we're the we're no one's on ES, on on ESPN Game Day more than Kentucky because we're always on the highlight films for everyone else. So yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you no, are. <laughs> but I mean, I just enjoy that. I enjoy that that atmosphere, and, and I think, I think that's what ACC basketball will become one day. But it doesn't have like the uh, the tradition. It has unbelievable tradition, but the schools haven't been together besides Carolina and Duke where the tradition has really solidified itself across the board for the ACC in basketball. And I don't I wouldn't want to lose Tennessee and and Florida and you know cuz right Why now not? we can still play Tennessee and Florida and we can still but, play but, North Carolina. But, and, and, but but
1: but those are teams that you know you on a consistent basis you can't beat in football. The ACC will actually give you a chance to look at football and enjoy football from a different perspective of being competitive. And that's the thing you actually enjoy it from a competitive perspective. Perspective. Even like, you know, we have a chance to beat Virginia Tech. We have a, a chance to beat a most years Duke. You know, we have, really? we have a, I look back and, to and, that. and every now and then we can sneak up and get a Miami in, in a down year like they are now. We you can, you can get a North Carolina. Football. Yeah, you, know, you can get a North Carolina. You know, you can, every now and then, you know, you can get, you know, uh, should, Georgia Tech. We would beat Oregon. North Carolina.
0: I mean, I don't think that, I don't think we should beat. I think that's what we would be in the ACC. We would be a North Carolina. I mean, that's.
1: Which is better. Than being what you are now in the SEC, which is homecoming.
0: I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. A guaranteed win because, <laughs> I mean, over if you look at the past uh, ten years and compare Kentucky and Carolina football, Carolina had the the cheating scandal in which they were pretty good, but I mean I, they're pretty similar. I mean, I,
1: the difference. But here is the difference: Kentucky for the longest time held the two longest losing streaks. In college football history.
0: Right, but we beat Tennessee with a wide receiver and quarterback. Yes,
1: you beat Tennessee, so now you're 1-24 <laughs> against Tennessee, and you're still 0-55 like against Florida. I mean, losing for almost 30 straight years to one team, no. That's, that's no. <laughs> no, you can't do that. I don't disagree with that. You, you can't do that. I mean, you just you just cannot. You cannot. As a fan base, you just can't do that. As a fan base, you cannot. Accept that type of of, of of ineptitude. You just can't do it. Well, I don't You just can't do it.
0: But I don't uh I guess what I don't agree with is that when Andre Woodson was here that in that year in two thousand seven or LSC number team in LSU, nation. But they they took Florida down to the wire. I think that went to overtime. They really should have won. You
1: guys that always game. take Florida down to the wire.
0: And we either take Florida the wire or we get shellacked. So it's it's usually no in between. Yeah, and, pretty much. And then the Tennessee game there too was down the wire and a potential. I mean, we were in all those games. Like we were competitive with when even as uh, when Auburn, when Cam Newton won the national title, we had beaten them the year before, and they needed a last second field goal to remain undefeated to get to that national title game to beat Kentucky. Yes,
1: but but here's the problem: you're always on the wrong side of those last second close wins, and the ACC, you guys could be on the other side of those wins. But they're Actually, against crappier opponents. Well, it's like, well, you know what? Yes. Yes, yes. Well, you
0: kn- I mean, listen, I'm not hanging up yes. a sign showing where we rushed the field because we beat Virginia Tech.
1: No, you're, and that is correct. And you won't hang up a sign because you rushed the field. Beat Virginia, but you beat Virginia Tech. So that's the thing. It's that you beat Virginia Tech. There's no need to rush the field because now you expect these victories. And see, that's the difference. Like when Florida State comes next year and by some miracle, I don't think it's going to happen, but Louisville beats Florida State next year. We're not going to rush the field.
0: Because you've done it before,
1: we were done before, and we expect. I was there, by the way. Yeah, and we expect to be. We expect to be there. We beat Miami. We didn't rush the field because we expect these things, and that's. And I think that's the mindset that I think that Kentucky and in football and in basketball, you guys have that mindset that nobody's going to beat us. But in football, you have that mindset that we're happy to be here. Hey, we're just happy to be here, guys.
0: We're, we're well, it's the Clint Hurd Participation Ribbon. There you go. And you know, I didn't, I didn't get upset at that comment whatsoever at all. (laughs) Not, I mean, because he's right. I mean, we we participated this year. That was
1: a funny comment. That was was. one of, one of the funniest comments ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, and and it's going to be interesting to me to see what happens in the ACC and what rivalries really kind of formulate on the basketball and the football side. Because I think the Louisville Florida State rivalry actually might be end up being really. Actually,
1: to me, I I think the biggest rivalry would be actually the Louisville Miami, and that's because because Louisville already has kind of like that natural. Miami feeder system. Yeah, not only the feeder system, but the programs are so similar. The
0: Richard Shapiro Scholarship Fund.
1: There you go. Okay,
0: we are gonna take. Uh, we're gonna end up. This is the end of the first hour, and we will be right back on the weekend sports buzz.
2: You're listening to the weekend sports buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All
0: right, little James Brown, bring us back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Hour number two, Mike Andapo in here with Haven Harrington. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence. J stands for justice. You know, we were talking about on the break, and and you mentioned last segment that if Louisville's not really good in football, that Kentucky doesn't make the investment that they do now. And that's probably true. But the other thing that I want to kind of mention is that Kentucky fans actually kind of learn from Louisville fans. And the way they did that was Louisville, Kentucky football has been the Chicago Cubs for so long. And I say that because the Chicago Cubs have no incentive to put a ton of money into salary and a ton of money into their resources and all this stuff because their fan base is going to come regardless Regardless, every game they're going to show up. And so when they do that, you know, you kind of like, well, why put more money into something if I've already got this great brand and people are going to come anyway? Kentucky has was terrible in football for so long but always in the top twenty-five in attendance, and uh, and I think that they saw Louisville fans revolt, revolt, and force a change with Cragthorpe by not showing up to games because that's really the only voice that fans have is to not show up and to not spend their dollar there because that hurts them. You know, I can't even imagine. And we talk about football making five, six, seven, eight million dollars. From just the operations of the stadium a football weekend, not the TV revenue, and when people aren't there to buy concessions and to buy parking, and you know, let alone buy tickets, and that's your budget. That's the only voice the fans have.
1: When you go from fifty-five thousand on the average base to twenty, that that changes everything. That let, that lets that, that let Tom George know that Kenny Klein, Airbelts, and the Louisville administration know that we're not losing. This is not Louisville football. We did not sign up.
0: To lose games, you know who else is awful in football? Kentucky, Indiana. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk to the truth. Truth, how's it going?
5: All right, all right. What about Indiana football? <laughs>
0: well, I just you know it was a disappointing year for for them as well, and you know they're offensively they're unreal, but they got to get that defense fixed, and hopefully they'll get a defensive coordinator there that knows what he's doing. Get some oh, talent. you
5: always. I always remember this about Indiana people. We, you see what happened. You talking about giving money out? What about two days ago when the woman gave forty million dollars to Indiana uh, to fix up Assembly Hall?
0: Yeah, they're gonna make some changes, much needed changes to Assembly Hall.
5: And, and you know what's so good about it? the state of Indiana? Don't have to pay for it. The tax taxpayer money don't have to pay for it, and, it's, and that's a good thing. Hey, mm-hmm. right, let's let me let me change the subject for a second. Did y'all see uh, Jaquan and uh, Trey Lau play uh, Thursday night on TV?
0: I did not get to see it. Why don't you give us a, qu- a quick recap?
5: Uh, it was a uh, it was it was a damn uh, uh Jaquan had about twenty nine points, but uh, he turned the ball over. But uh, and uh, he's fallen down in the ranking. You know, it's a shame that. Uh, what a person do trying to get his life together and uh, they still bring up what he done at here in Evansville. But uh, I'm telling you whoever get him, they they won't be disappointed for winning. <laughs> he's finally got somebody uh talking to him, he's been staying out of trouble. But I'm telling you the big game I'm I'm going to go to it Monday night. Trail against James Blackman in Indianapolis. Want that to be a hot ticket in Indiana to go to.
0: Is it so it's at it's at tech, it's at our, it's at uh, it's not a, a Marion Catholic, no, it's
5: at tech tech.
0: So, yeah, that would be an incredible game to go see because those guys, you know, are really close, uh, teammates on the same AU team for a long time. And Blackman, obviously, outside shooting it and just scoring at will. And uh, and Trey is so strong underneath the basket, around the basket. And Jaquan has good, he's got great size for a guard, you know, and I. I think his uh, uh, yes. his decision making is definitely kind of questionable, and sometimes he yeah, tries he, he. to shoulder too much of the load.
5: Yes, but, I, I, uh, you know, he's playing in uh, here in Evansville today. Trey Lyles at, at Boston, Boston playing, right? Yeah, they're playing at Boston. They're playing Evansville North. He's probably by about sixty points. But let me bring. I don't y'all y'all don't never talk about girls basketball. Y'all talk about Kentucky basketball and talk about local basketball. Indiana girls already won that, uh, 10 ball games this year. Listen sure.
0: out. You're, you're talking uh-huh. the Louisville women and the Kentucky women are both in the top 10. <laughs> so I'm going to the Kentucky, actually, I'm going tomorrow to the Kentucky Duke women's basketball game. Listen. Five listen. versus
5: two. Ooh. Listen. Listen, check this out. You remember Kentucky girls wasn't no good. and Louisville girls wasn't no good, right?
0: I do remember that. Yes.
5: And Indiana girls is get ready to be like Louisville girls. Remember this name. I want you to look up. She played for Mount Carmen, Illinois. Her name is Tara Bus. She's the next Pistol Pete.
4: Uh huh. I mean, right.
5: Listen, listen to me. I want you to I'm check listen. the truth. When the, when the truth brings you the truth, I want you to listen. She get ready to be the all time leading girls. Score in the United States. She's going to score over 6,000 points. I went to watch her play. She played against Evansville North uh, Tuesday night. She had 48 points. Last year, she averaged 47 points. But here's what's so good about her. She not only can play basketball, she can play tennis. And when the day she stepped on IU Tennis, they would win four national championships in women's uh, tennis. That's how great an athlete this you know, girl
1: is. I love the truth. He's a die-hard IU fan. He reps all the sports. That's right, tennis. Man. Women's basketball, golf, badminton, uh, the whole nine.
5: I figure if you love something, you shouldn't. Why would I want to go be a, Miami, a Notre Dame football fan you got to part, that I don't, you know, because they'll they make you mad. One people say they're Kentucky fan, and then they say they are uh, Alabama fan. That's crazy. You just, you, whoever wins.
0: Now, I am a Kentucky fan you. and Notre Dame fan. I got to admit, but yeah. that's, you know, part of being Catholic.
5: So, uh, okay, I understand that. That's, I understand <laughs> that. I believe, hey, but uh, I want to let you know, uh, my boy, looking good. I mean, I mean, uh, James. James Blackman, can't you see next year Yogi Fer and James Blackman uh, at shooting goal?
0: Well, I mean, and, and go with Stanford Robinson and all those other guys. I mean, uh, it's gonna be good time. You know, and you could have JaQuan too. I mean, it's there's a pretty good chance that JaQuan's gonna be there. I think, and um, it's it'll be very interesting. I I like what I, he's doing. I, I just you know, it was really unfortunate because I thought they lost to a really bad Notre Dame team. So I,
5: you know what? I you know what? You're right about that. But I'll tell you what thing I like to, to, to leave and I believe you we need to go out and get us a big not a big man. Do you see any end of getting another big man?
0: There, there's nobody out there. And that's the problem, is that you know the top one hundred is committed. And uh if they do, they're gonna have to get someone who's kinda off the radar and uh, you, had,
1: you know what you have to do, a Rick Pitino? You have
0: to go search in Africa and, and go, uh, go
1: overseas, go to Africa and Europe.
0: So they're gonna have to find. They're gonna have to find a I guy like can,
5: that. I think we can go to the junior college fan one. I
0: think, and that's probably the plan. And uh, now I don't follow the junior college recruiting nearly as much as I do the high school stuff. And but you know, everybody in the in the college side is is kind of spoken for. So um, it's it's not you know they got the kid coming out that plays with good luck, who so I'm gonna go watch play in uh, in about a month. And what,
5: uh, what's, what's his name?
0: Now, you had to ask me that truth. Now I gotta go look it up because it's it's not one that I you know I follow right. But I'll I'll find out and I'll, and I'll tell you. But he you know he plays alongside. Good luck. He's a six nine power forward, and he plays for that Wilbraham and Mason uh, Academy up in uh, in Massachusetts. So, uh, oh, guess
5: what? He's I know who you talk about. Yeah, he's inside. He's in, He's a wing player. He can play wing. He got long wings.
0: Yeah, but he's also can go down and bang a little bit too. So that's. That's about the size, you know, of all the size you got. But, you know, don't sleep on Luke Fisher. I know he's not performing the way <laughs> that. Hey,
5: you better believe, s- hey, you better believe it because once he gets healthy, you know what? I'll tell you what, like, he got a better post move than Cody Zeller does. I think he, he plays great big- with his
0: back to the basket. I, I agree with you. Uh,
5: yeah, and i tell you who you better look out for. We're going to get rid of Peter Jerkins. I'm going to put him on Edmundsville Aces, and tell you, man. <laughs> they need all the help they can. But, uh, you know, in the state of Indiana, there's somebody always come up we don't even know about, walk on, that we a big man. It's time for one of these big white guys we ain't never heard about to come back because it's been a while since Indiana had one of them could just shoot out six-foot-eight and light it up like Ted Kitchell or somebody like it. It's been a while since Indiana had one of them. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yep. It's been a long time. Hey, let me ask you another question, Trees, before I let you go. Do you ever go check out uh, southern Indiana
5: there in Evansville? Yes, oh, they they getting that. Uh, today they'll play Kentucky-Western, and the big, the, you know, the one have to set out, the, their best p- p- score from last year. Uh, he, uh, he come back today, I feel sorry. For, and Kentucky-Western get two players back, too. So that's going to be a good game today.
0: Well, I'm a, I'm a Bellarmine season ticket holder here, and I just I love watching that league. I love watching that conference. That, it's great basketball. So, uh, And Max Hotzel is the kid's name, uh, who's from Massachusetts. So, all right, Truth, well, you have a Merry Christmas, and we will catch you in probably Thanks next sir. week.
3: All right, bye-bye. All Let right. Be
0: blessed.
1: Merry Christmas, Truth.
0: All right, the truth. Bring in the truth. You know, we got, we're right now, we're at like, a, the Yum Center is basically going to be empty for, like, like, 20 days. There's nobody playing there. I think uh, there's one women's game. If you don't get a chance to go out and see some of the other good college basketball that we got going on in this town, besides the big UK and L stuff. Wiley's got stuff going at IU Southeast. I mean, he's, they're number four in the country in NIA. Bellarmine? Bellarmine's number two in NCAA Division II. Unfortunately, they don't really have a home game until January 9th. But if you get a chance, January 9th, Drury University out of, out of Missouri comes to play Bellarmine. And Drury was in the national uh, – they were definitely in the final four. I think they were in the national championship game last year. Wow. So it's going to be like – a top 10 matchup in Knights Hall and if you want to go see really good basketball you need to go see Scotty Davenport's fighting Bellarmine Knights on uh, on January 9th because it's going to be a, a great great uh, environment really good basketball too and now the Bellman just got a just got Donnie Hale from New Albany High School a uh, 6-9 uh, forward who played at Purdue played like 14 minutes a game at Purdue transferred back to Bellman he's now eligible uh you know to be closer to his family i mean so they're going they got they just added a major division one transfer to the number 2 team in the country
1: that can make all the difference in the world
0: and you know what else would be a good christmas present for people kentucky extreme season tickets
1: you are so correct <laughs> you know you, you hit the nail right on the head
0: how could people get kentucky extreme season tickets and if for people who don't know what is the kentucky extreme
1: the kentucky extreme <clears throat> is uh, Kentucky's, I'm going to say Louisville's only truly professional sports team, professional football arena team. We're playing out at, uh, at Freedom Hall. That schedule just came out a couple of days ago. We actually have a Monday night game. Nice. Coming up, I do believe, February 9th against uh, the uh, the Chicago Slaughter, which right. is owned by none other than 50 Cent. Nice. So I think he's going to be there to watch his team.
0: Uh, I'm sure he will.
1: His team. Down their first game playing on Monday night, you can't beat it. You can go to KentuckyExtreme.com, and you can get all the season ticket info information you want, or you can go to the fairgrounds website. Nice, so and you get can the, get season now tickets there.
0: And the ultimate goal of the Kentucky Extreme is national to, championship. The well, the national championship, but is to take this franchise and get it into Arena One, get it into the Arena One, which would be I think it would be awesome here.
1: That would be. I mean, it, I mean,
0: everybody talks about Kentucky getting an NBA loves,
1: team. I mean, Kentucky loves like Arena football.
0: Everybody talks about us getting an NBA team, but the two sports franchises that would make the most sense for us to get a professional team would be for us to have an arena one football team because that's all during the summertime, and or for us to have an American League baseball team. Cuz you think about it, if you want to go see American League baseball,
1: I think at one point we did. I mean we had the we had the uh, we, the we, we had the Louisville Clips which played on the 28th and uh, Broadway when they were I think um
0: what are you talking about? Yeah, baseball? Yes. No, we the, we had a when Major League Baseball came out, we were one of the original franchises. But was, yeah, but it wasn't the Eclipse. Yeah, no, In the, 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 the 1800s? The, yeah,
1: the first team was the Eclipse, and then they came back as something else. As the Colonels. That's what, correct. We <laughs> I know a little baseball from a guy who does like baseball. I a little little bit of baseball knowledge for you. All right, we're yeah. like three Hall of Famers on that first team.
0: But yeah, they they needed an American League baseball team because you had to drive to like Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago if you want to see American League baseball. There's nothing south of us until you, you know, and and Atlanta's got a National League team, so that would be like the best fit. I think would be an arena league football team or an American League baseball team. All right, we are going to take uh, a break and we will come right back on the uh, the blah, 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 the weekend sports bus.
1: That's there we crazy. go. We can catch Brett on on the other side. I'll catch
0: Brett on the other side. So hold on, Brett.
2: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. I'm
4: dreaming of a white
0: Christmas. That's it right there, Haven. That's perfect. Nailed it. (laughs) The only time I'll ever sing on the radio right there, for sure. (laughs) You nailed it. Mike and Haven back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. We got about... You know, about 35 more minutes with you guys, and uh, we want to make sure you call in, three eight four fourteen fifty. we got a caller right now. Brett is on the line. Brett, what is going on, my man? Hey, guys. How are you? I am uh, fantastic. Doing
1: great.
4: Doing good, good. I'm just about uh, over to my aunt and uncle's. We're about to hit the road to go down to see the Hilltoppers play today. we got Murray at home, so good rivalry, uh, long time, you know, big, big rival. You might have what us play, uh, play L, and we just had – two kids become eligible Jackson
0: first. and Chris Harrison
4: Dogs yeah. You got it they uh, we, we put it on uh, Southern Misty and they, they came in to drill 9 and 1 and we had three kids score uh, more than 15 we went 26 for 30 from the free throw line we we really shut them down and, and won a a big game and it's a good team and we're hoping to do the same today.
0: Well, that Southern Miss team's only other loss is to Louisville. I mean, they're they 10-2 they and two with a, a loss to Louisville and a loss to Western. And, I, you know, I think uh, Rick Petino is counting his lucky stars that Western didn't have a couple more games with Chris harrison Docks and Trenchy Jackson already with the team because those two guys basically fill a void that was left by Jamal Crook last year that Western just has not been able to really – do before those two guys came in, but now you got—I mean—two serious ball players that can play uh, either guard spot, and both those guys. I mean, Trincy Jackson is about as good as a, of an athlete that's going to be in that league.
4: Absolutely, and it was funny to hear Ray Harper say that he was the best athlete he's ever had. He raised one, two national championships at a two level, and you know different things. And to hear that, I was just like, "Whoa, that—that's a big, big time get." And you know, we had five players I believe that didn't even play the other night against Southern Miss so we've got a couple kids still out hurt and but we've got some death now I'm excited. Uh, I just wanted to you know I heard y'all talking the truth and you talk about local stuff. We've got the game today. Uh, you know, at old and we've got another one the 30th and I believe the Old Miss. Miss coming in.
0: Yeah it is Old Miss. Dittle. I will be there for that game by the way. Really? That's I'm going, awesome. I'm going down to that Western Old Miss. I got I know the Old Miss or I know the Western coaching staff pretty well so I'll be uh, I'll be down there and I'm really excited about it and uh, you know, Ole Miss coming to town, and that's a winnable game for Western. You know, it's, uh, absolutely. And then if you're not, if you are a Western fan, but you can't get down to Diddle, you need to get out to the King of the Bluegrass and make sure you chuck out Justin Johnson, who is uh, yeah, that's the big recruit for Western coming in from uh, Perry County Central. Okay, and uh, he is a beast of a rebounder, like averaging over 20 rebounds a game right now. The
1: Worm Junior.
0: I mean, he is getting it done. So. Uh, I'm not I know they lost last night so I'm not sure what time they play today in the losers bracket but uh they actually lost I believe the team they played yesterday was Terry Rozier's old high school. Okay. So gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it should be pretty good but I I w- adding those two pieces you know I, I think kind of what kind of George Fant and TJ Price kind of shoulder too much of the load going going uh, early on in the season but having guys like Chris Harrison, Docks, who was a huge recruit coming out of high school, and Trincy Jackson, who's used to playing big time college basketball, having those two guys come in—I mean, they—they they are extremely dangerous uh, and extremely talented—and—and and it might not come true this year. You know, I still think they they could be uh, the the Sun Belt champions this year and go into the N C A A tournament. But it, when they make that jump to Conference USA next year, and all those guys are seniors, yeah. uh with T.J. being a senior and Trensie will be a senior and uh, George will be a senior, they're going to have – they could have one of those other kind of, you know, win a couple games and so he kind of runs. Uh, Absolutely. It, it's going to be
4: exciting, that's for sure. We've got a lot to look forward to. And with Chris Harrison-Docs just being a freshman, you know, I didn't know that Ray Harper had actually recruited him out of high school. So that was good to see that that was somebody Ray Harper actually wanted, you know, from the get-go, just didn't get him the first time around.
0: Yeah, he ended up going to Butler. uh, Played for the Michigan Mustangs.
1: Keep trying.
0: Just a a big-time shooter. You know, the son of Chris Harrison who played at Kentucky. Uh, Although, I don't think they have much of a relationship right now. So, unfortunately. Gotcha. Mm. But, uh,
4: Brett. All right, guys. I just wanted to call out and let you know, hey, there are some other games. You know, not quite in town, but not too far of a drive. Uh, I know we got Murray today, Ole Miss, and then I believe we have one more. I think it's four home games in a row that we have. So, if anybody wants to, get down there and check them out. If not, you can watch them on, uh, I think it's Channel 21 ION or ESPN3.
0: There it is, man. Go Hilltoppers. Murray today. The 28th is Brescia, which is, you know, I don't, I don't know. Where. And then, But the 30th is when they, uh, they do play Ole Miss before getting into conference play. So It's going to be wrong. Good luck to those Hilltoppers. And by the way, you can listen to the Hilltoppers right here on 1450 WXBW, the home of Western Kentucky Athletics. And IUS athletics. I don't know what they do in IUS and Western both play at the same time, but we'll
1: figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure but something. That arena is going to be rocking.
0: It's uh, get those red towels out and wave them around, baby.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> uh, we were talking a little bit a, a while ago about the Duck Dynasty thing. Okay, that's right. <laughs> and you get uh, the Duck Dynasty guy just kind of, I guess, said some insensitive remarks about homosexuality. And so we're not, you know, going to get very political on this show or anything like that. So everyone's got to kind of just, whatever is said over the next 10 minutes needs to be kind of taken with a grain of salt. Okay. Uh, Disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But anyway, the Duck Dynasty guy came out and just said basically that he thought homosexuality was a sin and immediately gets suspended from his show, uh, mainly because, I mean.
1: A lot of groups came up and they were like. Well,
0: not only that, but, I mean, he was A&E's biggest demographic, not not homosexuals being their biggest demographic, but an age group that has been, that is very tolerant of demographics. I mean, my age group and younger is very tol- tolerant of that kind of lifestyle. Louisville as a whole is a tolerant city as a lifestyle. So, you know, to protect their demographic, they came out and kind of took a stance against it. He's fighting back, fighting hard. Looks like they might, the, the family might just pull the show all together.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're fighting hard, but you know what? I'm like this about the whole thing.
0: He's I've never from, seen the show, by the way. I have. Okay.
1: I've seen several, several, several hundred episodes.
0: Does it make you happy, happy, happy? Is that what they
1: say? Yeah. But it's funny. I mean, it's it's funny. But you know what? I mean, he's from like backwoods, Louisiana, and he's like a hundred years old.
0: And so you gotta take into consideration. What do you expect him to say? <laughs> yeah, you gotta take into consideration his
1: He's a thousand years old and upbringing. he's in a Yeah, he's in the backwoods of Louisiana. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, you know what? And if if this was a show based on a family, let's say, from New Orleans or maybe Baton Rouge, you know, one of the the cosmopolitan places or even, you know, a larger city, then he can be like, yeah, you know, what what you doing there, old guy? You know, but he makes duck call whistles and lives in a swamp. (laughs) Just because he's rich, because he makes these duck call whistles, but he still lives in a swamp.
0: And this is a little bit of a different topic. I guess, in some ways because, you know, uh, no one it was never disputed that in the Bible that it say that, you know, race had anything to do with whether or not it was a sin or not. I mean, this so this is like a uh, this is a discussion where certain religious groups believe that it's not okay. It's not it's not an okay action to take. And actually, I think that even the way the Catholic Faith takes it, um, and again, the Catholic faith in this regards might does not reflect how I feel about it. I, I believe that homosexuality is is not something, not a choice. You can't. Have, I don't think you can have, uh, control who you're attracted to. Okay? I'm
1: a I'm always been a live and let live type of guy.
0: Yeah, what you do, you do. I yeah, mean, do, I don't care. So yeah, it doesn't really affect me that much. It doesn't. Uh, the, the, I don't get the family argument. How them doing something over there affects what I do with my family. You know, I I control yeah. my family. So the, uh, but anyway, you know, I think the Catholic stance, is like, it's okay to be that way. It's not okay to, to act on it. So.
1: Um, it's kind of a weird stance when you think about it.
0: It is kind of a weird stance. Yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I might be wrong on it's, that. I it's, don't o- know. it's
1: okay for that way. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just think about it all the time, but don't do nothing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, whether or not the, the People need to, I guess, have their religious rights respected as much as someone's else's rights to have a certain lifestyle. Because really we're talking about two differences in lifestyle. They have a lifestyle over here that's very religious and very deep rooted in how they feel about certain things that are in the Bible if they're you know, if, or how that Bible is interpreted to them. And they have the the other side is the they have a lifestyle that is, uh, I guess, maybe now more normal than it's ever been, but still outside the normal. And you got these two extremes, neither one of them wrong, and they both need to be respected, I guess, in some ways, what I'm trying now, to say.
1: Freedom of my speech. Freedom of my speech. But you know what? I, I think the, uh, the great philosopher, Tracy Morrow, said it best when he uh, coined the phrase on his album cover. Freedom of speech. Just watch. What, just watch what you say. Right. And for those out there who are listening who don't know who Tracy Morrow is, he was the valedictorian of his high school senior class in Crenshaw, but you know him as Ice T.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually I think I did know that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that was one of his album covers. Freedom of speech.
0: Just watch what you say. Because and then, and that's the truth. So it's like, you know, it was a dumb comment for him to make.
1: You know, I, I don't think it's a dumb comment. I mean, it's a comment that. I'm sure that him and his buddies, his family members, and people in that community make all the time. I mean, it just, I don't think it's a dumb comment. I mean, that's what he feels. That's what he believes. that. I, if he wants to say it, he can say it. That's, that's fine by me. I don't care. But there's, I really don't.
0: My point is, though, there's no difference in crucifying him for his lifestyle as there is for the people coming out against his comment. Say, And that's basically crucifying the duck guy for his lifestyle.
1: Yeah. And I don't think you should. I mean, like, it's, that's what he believes. That's what he believes. I mean, that's that's fine. You know, That's what you believe. That's what you. Uh, that's fine with me. I don't, I don't care, you know. But you know, I, I'm a weird type. Of, I, I'm, I'm I'm a weird type of guy. So I'm I'm gonna put that out there right now because I'm the type of guy. If he would have came out and said something like, uh, uh, you know what, I, I love segregation. I, I think we should have segregation again. I would still be like, well.
0: That's and by the, the way, there's some black people that feel that way, right?
1: Huh? Well, maybe yeah. I've not met them, but they may be out there. Yeah. They may be out there, but you know I'm like, you know, if you want to say, hey, I'm all for segregation, that's what you believe, then hey, that's you make duck calls. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> and I can as long as I'm a congressman or something like that. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean that's what is America. If that's what you want but to, say, to say. I still feel it. like
0: it's a different. It's a different argument than the race argument.
1: It's a different argument. All right, it it's not argument.
0: in the Bible that says that people who are not white are going to hell and they're you know not equal. I mean that was that was out of ignorance, which brings up my other point it's we see, so we're, we're, we're saying, okay, this Duck guy, we got to remember the culture that frames his, his perspective, his point of view. Adolf Rupp was brought up in a time period where that kind of culture was there with race. And he is seen as a racist, mainly because he coached in a basketball game where he had five white guys against a team of five black guys and lost. And there's differencing opinion, I guess, on whether or not Rupp was actually a racist or not, or was he just kind of like a man of the times? Would
1: still make him a racist,
0: <laughs> huh? which would I guess would still make him a racist, but it's also I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I, I mean, like I, I mean, like my grandparents would say certain, certain things that to me was more didn't wasn't consistent with their actions. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because of, of where of the environment they were brought up in, is that understandable?
1: Yeah, I mean- yeah it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Now about Rupp, you know, I've heard both sides of stories, and I've I've talked to guys that he's recruited, um, the guys in in the administration that were with Rupp, and a, a lot of guys tell me that yeah, you know, Rupp never wanted an African American player at Kentucky. He was vehemently against having a black player at Kentucky. I mean, even after losing
0: In sixty six. In
1: sixty six, he was still like, uh, no, I do not want a black player to play ever at the University of Kentucky. However, other people in administration, the president and some people in his coaching staff were like, We're not gonna continue to win at the rate we're winning unless we have some black players and you start to recruit some of those black players. Well we're just we're just uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, the time, times have changed. Now we, we, we're we going to have to compete.
0: Yeah, and, that, and my thing was that Rupp not want to have a black player at Kentucky because he was a racist and he didn't feel like they would, could compete or, or, or was he thinking of that, hey, I don't want to take a black kid and take him to down to Mississippi and have to put him in a very unsafe environment, not only for him but also for the rest of my team.
1: Um, from what I've heard and from people told me it's more like he just didn't want a black person on his team
0: yeah but it's all hearsay right I mean I don't know I've
1: mean, I, I never talked to Rupp because he died before I was right. born however from people I've known that have known Rupp and who's coached with Rupp and played Rupp he just didn't want a black person on his team
0: hmm. I don't know I mean cause but, I, I hear both ways because I, I also hear the stories of how he helped uh, African American students uh, find other places and just, you know, just, I don't know. I, I hear those stories as well. And of course, you know, obviously I never met Rupp either, but I just, it's, uh, it's hard for me to see, I I guess without like strong evidence of action, it's kind of hard for me to say, you know, he's, you know, this guy who's perceived as this great racist and we want to throw him in there with, you know, guys who were like in the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, that's I don't I don't think that's fair.
1: Yeah, you know, he's just a he was just a man of his time. A you man know? of his time. But you know, it's like, I mean, other coaches, in the SEC were the same way. You know, a lot of coaches did not want black players in their team, football, basketball, whatever. You know, they just did not want it, and it wasn't until you know certain things happened that they didn't have a choice. You know, they they were forced as other teams started incorporating black players in their team so they can have that competitive edge. And I think what's lost if, on it us. forced you to be competitive.
0: I think it's what's lost on our age group. Is that Adolph Rupp wasn't a slave owner, okay? His parents probably weren't slave owners, but his grandparents probably, you know, were in that time period where they could have been slave owners. I mean, it's not like it's so far, you're so far removed from a generation where slavery was.
1: I mean, you know, you're talking about the 1960s, uh, talking about about 100 years, what, two? Maybe generations. Yeah. Like your great grandfather.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, but someone you potentially knew and were influenced by.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, I remember my grandmother telling me stories that her mother told her about slavery.
2: Mm.
1: You know, because she remembers what her mother and grandmother told her. And my grandmother died when she was like 96, 97.
0: Just love everybody. That's yeah. all you got to do.
1: There you go. Just See? love everybody. Makes it simple. Makes it, it simple. Does. But you know what? This. Um I was talking to uh, actually a, a famous uh, reporter a, a political reporter in town about this just a couple days ago on uh actually on, on another uh interview I was doing um I guess I could say it, it was WFPL huh um they have a podcast called Nothing But Net. One of the things we was talking about after the show was me and Philip Bailey who's the uh, the political uh reporter for the uh for the uh for WFPL Uh-huh and uh, he's a diehard Uofl fan and one of the things we talked about was you know, you see these HBO movies about the North Carolina Duke rivalry. You see um, documentaries about Ohio State and Michigan. And Michigan, but the U of L U K rivalry is just as heated. But you really don't see that that same like national focus on on the University of Louisville and Kentucky rivalry. And something that can be is that one, you know, with with Michigan State, Ohio State, you got two flagship universities. Uh, two titans of education, you know, going at it. And they've been doing it for like hundreds of years. Um, with Duke and North Carolina, you have an insta- a big in-state rivalry, but you have the state school going against a very elitist, wealthy school in Duke. You know, Louisville and Kentucky are rivals, and they've been rivals for you know, quite some time. They haven't always played, but, you know, they're still rivals. And, you know, why hasn't that kind of gotten a focus? And my comment was, well, I think one of the reasons that that hasn't gotten a focus is the difference between the two schools and kind of, quote, unquote, what they represent or what they used to represent. Nowadays- Urban and rural. Urban and rural. It's a good way of saying it, I guess. Yeah. It's urban and rural. I mean, was the the urban commuter school for a while. You know, that's where, you know, if you were worked at Ford or GE or someplace else, that's where you sent your kids to go to school- they went to school during the day. They all everybody would come back home. That's what you know. Louisville's primary focus was, and then Kentucky was the flagship school. And Kentucky, you know, I've been to Louisville. I've been to Kentucky several times. My son goes to Kentucky now. You know, it is a very you know it has more of the have um, has you know, like Lexington itself even has more of a southern feel. It does. Then Louisville has Louisville has more of a midwestern type of you know kind of very a very city feel to it. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have too tra- it doesn't, it doesn't even have trappings of a southern city, really. And, you know, I think that's, you know, and race, and race kind of plays into that. But, you it's know, a, University was of like a melting
0: pot when it comes to that. I mean, it's got yeah. Midwestern, Southern, all kind of different influences.
1: Yeah, and I know. And that's, you know, and that's what I think makes our rivalry so unique amongst any rivalry out there right now is that the, the university. urban versus rural. Yeah, the no urban versus yeah. yeah. City versus country. You know, and even kind of the, the racial undertones that kind of percolate our – that have always percolated our state, you know, always are, are, are played out during that game. Yep. And, it's, and it's just and it's, it's just amazing. But it's also amazing to see how far these schools have come, in, especially Kentucky, in such a short period of time. You know, on my other show, I've, I interviewed Nate Northington.
0: With black head coaches at both major programs. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because, uh, you know, I interviewed Nate Northington, who was the first black player to ever play football – at the you know at Kentucky, and one of the only black football players in the SEC period, you know, and, and listening to his stories with him and his and great page who was another guy that was recruited and and how he was recruited. I mean, the governor. Not only did the head coach come and kind of recruit him, but the governor had to come down and you know kind of get him and, and recruit him and let him know everything's going to be okay because at that time he had to stay in separate dorms. You know, when he traveled to uh, Alabama, they stayed in he had to stay in a separate hotel from everybody else. And he talking about just how scared he was that first time they played Alabama, because you're walking the field with, with, with 70,000, you know, 70, 80,000 fans, knowing that they're hostile to you, but also hostile to you be, not only because you're Kentucky, but you know hostile because of, you're only black guy on the field. And you know that whole dynamic, and that was you know, like in the 60s. You fast forward you know, to 2013, you see black players all the time, SEC, you, know, you, don't, you don't think anything about it. And it's just amazing how far as, as a culture this this country has come and especially sports it's just well, amazing especially
0: Louisville I mean I, I really feel like Louisville's got this reputation of being like this incredibly tolerant city I mean I think that's one of the reasons why Charlie Strong stays here yeah because we're tolerant of his interracial marriage
1: that's why he's not at Auburn I, I, that's literally why he's not a,
0: I mean I agree with that I, I mean, mean I think that plays a part of it
1: I mean and, I, I've talked to guys who know Charlie like really well and one of the reasons he didn't get the job at Auburn was
0: so there you go There you go. We touched on some touchy subjects there, but we all love each other, so it's all good. That's right. All right. We are going to take our final break, and we will be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz.
2: listening to the weekend sports buzz tell us your thoughts on the oxmoor fort lincoln buzz line at 384-1450 all right
0: welcome back to the weekend sports buzz and uh i'm here with haven Harrington we're gonna finish the show up and we got uh, about 10 minutes to talk about the start of bowl season which all the college bowls kick off today or the first college bowls kick off today they're excited about bowl season? No, I'm not either. These bowls suck.
1: No, I'm not excited because like the first couple bowls is this is basically for football junkies. This is, this is to get your football fix this until is the Kentucky football March Madness. Yes, yeah, so basically, this is like to get your football fix until the Kentucky Stream kickoff, <laughs> uh, February the 9th in Freedom Hall.
0: So, <laughs> what Haven and I did is we we went through and we were going to try to pick our five most intriguing our bowls that we're looking the most forward to. So Haven, I'm going to let you start, and we'll go through we'll go through these as much as possible. So,
1: okay, easy one first. All right, Um, probably the one and one A on my list would be, of course, Louisville Miami,
0: which Uh, is getting not enough play nationally. This game has got so many storylines.
1: Then the sports writers love this game. Oh my god! I mean, mean, like the the sports writers think this is going to be one of the best bowl games. Of all of them.
0: I agree. I mean, and the fact that there's not the talk about this game, it's easily one of the top bowl get matchups out there. And when you consider all those Miami players on Louisville's roster, Teddy Bridgewater uh, being from Miami, Clint Hurt scandal, Howard Schnellenberger, not enough play. Louisville, by the way, three-point favorite. Go ahead.
1: There you go. Uh, Next game, which kind of has me intrigued, is Stanford and um – I believe Michigan State in the uh,
0: in the um, ro- in the Rose Bowl. Okay, so what intrigues you about that game?
1: Uh, just to see if, now that Michigan State has a new quarterback and now they have uh, something resembling an offense. What are they going to do with it? I mean, can they uh, take on a Stanford Cardinals? because these are two mirror teams? You know, great defense, uh, pro style attacks. Uh, it should be like a, a good ground and pound type of game, but I won't be surprised them kind of air it out.
0: I don't think Michigan State's got a good quarterback. I think have, Michigan they have a State, better
1: quarterback than what, than what they started the season
0: with. Well, it's the, it's the cook kid who's been basically their quarterback. You know, and He was hurt a little bit, but he's he was their starting quarterback. And I, my impression of Michigan State is that their quarterback is basically Max Smith when he was healthy. And the only reason that he looked good against Ohio State is because Ohio State's defense is awful. I mean, this is a team that struggled to score points against Notre Dame. And but that was
1: with the old quarterback. That was before they made the quarterback switch. I don't.
0: Th- I, I think the same quarterback played in the Michigan State and the Ohio State game. No, no, the no. Notre Dame game in the Ohio State. No, game. no. Yeah,
1: the, the quarterbacks were switched after right. that. I'm game. I'm gonna
0: check this out. But check anyway, me on that one. But I don't think that Michigan State Stanford's a real defense. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that Stanford uh, Michigan State's gonna be able to move the ball against Stanford at all. So I I I, th- I, I, th- I, think I, I totally disrespect the Big Ten football. I'm not. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. The Big wow. Ten is
1: just no respect at all for the your Big Ten champion. You're a Michigan State Spart- uh, no, Spartan. Spartan. None
0: at all. No. You can't score 13 points against Notre Dame and, and be considered a top 5 team. And I'm a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame is terrible this year.
1: Wow, there you go. Okay, well, I'm that's, well, that's one of the games that kind of piqued my interest. The other game that's piqued my interest. Ohio State and Clemson.
0: Okay, and see, now you're going to get back on this. Now, this one does now, be my interest.
1: No, it, it piques my interest because I just want to see how real is Ohio State. And I think Clemson would be a, a good… Barometer for that. Yeah, barometer just to see how good they were. I mean, are they a good 11-1 team or was it all smoke and mirrors? And I think playing Clemson will kind of give you a good idea just how good Ohio State is.
0: Connor Cook was the quarterback against Notre Dame and against, and against Ohio State. Ah okay, well I stand corrected. I don't not to trying to show you up anyway. I definitely I kind of no, feel no, way. no. It's a All good right.
1: thing. It's a good thing.
0: All right, but I agree with you on that on that front. You know, we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see Ohio State to- totally get exposed here. I think that uh, Clemson Taj Boyd's gonna have a field day against against Ohio State. They they quite possibly. I'm gonna say they they score eighty percent of their possessions.
1: Wow, it, it, it'd be interesting because. I think Ohio State will score.
0: Ohio State will score, yeah.
1: But I'm not – I mean, Ohio State's defense, you cannot let Michigan State just run up and down the field on you like
0: that. I mean, it's,
1: it's Michigan State.
0: Well, and then Michigan State is – And what, what's Taj Boy going to do oh, he's with, gonna with, with Sammy Watkins? I mean – Yeah. Okay. So that's that's number three. Is that right? Yes. Hey. And
1: actually, I don't have a fifth one so I couldn't find another game I actually liked. so <laughs> 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 for the national championship game, is actually my number one game. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Louisville fan. And I'm excited about that Louisville Mammy contest. But I'm really excited to see Florida State and Auburn. I'm really excited about that. I mean, I think this is a great game. It's gonna be it's an evenly matched game, which is which is pretty good. I think the BCS really got it right with these two with these two teams.
0: Well, the, the thing I'm gonna be excited about is that you know, Florida State, as far as the computer rankings go, supposedly have a weaker schedule than Ohio State. Now they the difference to me though is that Florida State destroyed everybody in their path. I mean they just and then they had to play a Clemson who was a real yeah. opponent.
1: Florida State did what Louisville fans wanted Louisville to do, which was take yeah. the teams on their schedule and just that you know have superior them. talent or two and, and prove that you have superior talent.
0: And so it's gonna be interesting to me to see uh if Florida State is really that good on offense or they've just not played a defense that's of good quality. Now Auburn's defense is Suspect. They're yeah, they're they're not like the Ground and pound SEC typical defense. But they get over forty
1: like they get over forty points from Missouri. Can
0: run the ball like no other. They so, they do run
1: the ball, but um, that's that's what that's why this game intrigues me so much because Florida State has like one of the top defenses in the country. And you can say that, you know, they really didn't play anybody, but they went to Clemson and they held Clemson, what the, like the fourteen points?
0: I'm not I'm not saying that. which they is a, which pick, a pretty good anyway. offense. I actually think Florida State looks like they should they should win this game, but I think there there's a very good chance that we're looking at and that there if there could be a combined 100 points scored in this game.
1: There could be. And that's what makes this game so exciting because Auburn's defense ha- has shown you that if you got a good quarterback, you can carve them up. And Florida State has a good quarterback and they have good wide receivers. I'm to me I think this game is going to hinge on Florida State's defensive line. If Florida State's defensive line they can get pressure, run. yeah, they yeah. can get pressure and kind of slow down that running attack control because Trey Florida, Mason, yeah, because Florida is just going to have as much speed as as Auburn. So the speed, the SEC speed advantage is not going to be there. This Florida's going to be just as fast, if not faster, on defense. So that's going to be interesting. And speaking of Trey Mason, here's a little trivia fact: his dad is dugout from De La Soul.
0: I know, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah, so that makes me want to pick Auburn right there right now because it's just me myself and I. All right now, um, I'll go with some. I got you had some of my same ones, so I'll try to pick up some different ones. A game today that kind of intrigues me a little bit, just because it could be an absolute soap opera, is Fresno State and USC. Fresno State, you know, trying to knocking off USC, whether they're down or not, for Fresno State's a big freaking deal. Very big. And USC has got. Just so many questions. Who shows up? You know, Ed Orgeron doesn't get the job, so he's out of there, so they got this lame duck coaching staff. T. Martin's the only one on that coaching staff that's for sure coming back. The, do the guys care or not? It's going To to me, it's just going to be real interesting to just and see what happens. Nice.
1: You know what? This reminds me of the year that Kentucky played Pittsburgh after they fired Dave Wonstadt, and, yes. and then nobody showed up. It was like the like – the, but the trainers yeah, it was, it was it was like trainer and like uh, three like three guys from the stands came down and coached the game. It's like four or five players didn't show up. Like two of the star defensive linemen didn't show up. But yet they still they played one of the greatest games Pitt has played that season and beat Kentucky in the bowl game.
0: Uh, I also am going to be very intrigued by the Cotton Bowl, uh, Oklahoma State and Missouri, and. Mainly because uh, uh, big Missouri 12, going uh, back, big to, yeah. yeah, had to go back and play the Big Twelve. So you got a, a team in Missouri that never won the Big Twelve outright, and now Missouri comes in the SEC in their second year, and wins the East, and the SEC is supposed to be this you know dominant, awesome. You know they they win, uh, they had this horrible record last year, and then come back and go seven one the SEC. They have got pressure on them to not just beat Oklahoma State, they've got to demolish Oklahoma State, and I'm not so sure that's going to happen.
1: Oklahoma State's a good team. And see, here's the problem you're going to have well, with that transition from the Big 12 to SEC, and that is Styles, of play. SEC is when it, Missouri got there, still more of a ground and pound type of play with not too much offense. Now they're going back to offensive league. So we're going to, to outscore Oklahoma State like they did back in the Big Twelve days. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can outscore Oklahoma State.
0: The last one I'll mention because we're we're up against it. Oregon, Texas. You know, you got Oregon who kind of Went away at the end of the year. Texas is saying goodbye to Mac Brown. It's going to be interesting to me to see if Texas responds and can knock off Oregon because they're playing in San Antonio. And That could be could be the big upset of the whole bowl schedule. All right, we're out of here. Enjoy the bowl games. Next week will be twelve to three special preview show for the UK U game. Mike and Haven are out for the weekend sports buzz. We'll talk to you later.
1: Merry Christmas.